0: Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla Dee, here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, Saints. Today is Saturday. It is August the 12th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. Now, I know I have been playing excerpts from uh, the Race, Religion, and Racism series, and then I would share a message. I am dealing with denominations and religions, but today, because I am still studying for two very important religions that I uh, plan to teach about and to share that they are contradictory to the Word of God, which is the Holy Bible, but today, i will be sharing a message from the late great bishop freddie codwell senior that will further dispel the notion of purgatory we cannot atone for our own sins we are justified in the sight of god through the lord jesus christ and then there will be a second message each each message is 30 minutes long there will be a second message that dispels the Jehovah's Witnesses about soul sleeping and that there really isn't life after death. After you die, you soul sleep. That's not true. So in any event, I want you to sit back and learn
1: Bible truth. Chapter 3. In the third chapter of the book of Romans and the 26th verse, Romans 3 and 26. If you're there, say praise the Lord. Let's read. To declare, I say, at this time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. One more time. Okay, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, his righteousness, his righteousness. Notice what it does not say. It does not say our righteousness that is to be declared here at this time, but instead his righteousness. And as we have gone through studying justification by faith, we have established already that to be justified is to be declared righteous and to be declared righteous in the sight of God means that one is already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and when this life is over, you will also be with him in heaven. You'll be declared righteous is to be justified, and you'll be declared justified, which is to be declared righteous. So everyone that have trusted Jesus, called upon Jesus Christ, say Jesus Christ, Christ. call upon Jesus Christ and receive Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior in the eyesight of God, you are justified to be declared righteous in the sight of God. Every individual that has not accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior are not now justified in the sight of God. In other words, they have a righteousness which is their own righteousness, which is as what? Filthy rags. And so therefore, everyone that is born again is justified or declared righteous in the sight of God and is no longer filthy rags but is clothed in the righteousness of who? righteousness of christ which means then that you stand before god uncondemned amen and you are justified by faith in jesus only you cannot work to be justified you're justified by faith by grace through faith are you saved and that salvation is not of yourself so then to declare i say at this time say this time that's the day and hour in which we are now living. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he, God, might be just and the justifier of him who believeth in Jesus. And the him who believeth in Jesus is the one who was what? Justified. Say justified. Now, some of you are not really getting the import of this. You're not really understanding it, and you really need to understand it way down deep inside. In your spirit, you need to understand this. So I think the best way to understand something is to hear yourself say it. See, because now, let's face it, you ought to trust you if you don't trust anyone else. So if you say it, it ought to be good, amen? All right, now, I, I, I want you to say these words after me. Say, I am justified in the sight of God. So therefore, I will not, I cannot be condemned to a burning hell when I stand before him because I am justified. I am declared righteous. At this time, I am righteous by faith in Jesus only. Did you hear that? All right. Now, therefore, being justified. Look at uh, Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, being justified by what? Faith. All right. Notice what it did not say. It did not say by feeling. It said, therefore, being justified by what? Faith. faith. And so then faith comes how? By hearing. And hearing comes how? By the word of God. Praise God. So then, therefore, being justified or declared what? Righteous. Now we're talking. <laughs> being declared righteous. Therefore, being declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. Into this grace in which we fall out. We stand. So therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. In which we stand. And because we have it. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glorious appearing. The second coming of Jesus. And the glory of God that's already been revealed to us through Christ Jesus. Now listen. Every one of you that have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are justified. Because God is just and God is the justifier of him that believeth in Jesus. And if God says that you are all right with him, guess what? You are all right with him. Are you listening? See, now, your spirit cannot sin because it's born of who? Of God. But all sin is in your flesh. Now, your spirit can get filthy. That's another subject. Your spirit can get filthy through doing unclean things. But what we want to talk about today, we want to talk to the justified in the body of Christ. In the sight of God. And we want to look at the attitude that you as a justified, blood-washed, be filled saint of God, what your attitude toward the world ought to be now that you are justified. What should your attitude be toward the world? now I need to tell you this when, I'm, when, we, when we talk about the world, we're not talking about the birds, the bees, the flowers and the trees. huh? y'all anybody that don't love a lily got a problem. Are you listening? Anyone who cannot appreciate the beauty of a carnation or a rose has a problem. So we're not talking about the world in that sense. But we need to look today and see what is it that our attitude is now toward the world now that we have been justified by faith. Because a lot of believers, that some, some believers are struggling with their salvation And they think that they got to hold on to the same group of folk and do the same thing and make church just something you do when you don't have anything else to do. Amen. So what now should your attitude toward this world be? And when we say this world, we're talking about this world's system. The honky-tonk, the night spot, the cocaine, the drug traffic, the prostitution, the pornography, and everything that's anti-God. What should your and my attitude be now toward this world system now that we are justified by faith in Christ Jesus? That is a very important question that's been posed to today, and I say a very important subject that every right-thinking person needs to look at today with a critical eye. So then, what should the justified by faith's attitude? Toward the world be, now that you are justified, what should your attitude be? All right, now, being a child of God, born by the Spirit of God, you must not love the world. Hmm? You remember when Jesus talked to us about the cost of discipleship? He talked to us about denying ourselves, taking up our cross, and following him. When you accepted Jesus Christ, that was your departure from the world. Don't get quiet on me now. That was your departure from the world, this world system. Now, our attitude toward the world. Go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 12. I write unto you little children because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. I write unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because you have known the Father. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong and the word of God abideth in you. And you have overcome you have overcome the wicked one every justified saint of God has already overcome Satan say I have already overcome Satan and demons now listen listen follow along verse 15 love not the world that's this world system neither the things that are in the world if any man love the world the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passeth away and the lust of it but he that doeth the will of god abideth forever so we see then first of all Our attitude as Christians toward this sinful world in which we live ought to be negative. No believer ought to be positive in heart behind the world. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, you were telling the world bye bye. And the next time you see me, I'll be carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform your life. But I'm fearful that that's not happening with the majority of the believers. A lot of believers nowadays that are standing, it seems like they're standing alone because even though they may go to church with you, their convictions are not the same as yours and they don't see any reason why you shouldn't be able to go out on Saturday night and get down home, boy, get down. They have not given up the world. And, and, and in order to follow Jesus Christ, you've got to tell the world goodbye. You must not get caught up on this world's system. You must not allow this world's system to become the thing that you're living for. Your life is to be lived to the glory of God. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Well, what is the will of God? The will of God is that you believe on Jesus Christ, love him, and obey him. In a nutshell. And any one of us that obey the Lord will not be hot behind this world system. Are you listening to me? Alright, now go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. In Romans 12 and 2. The word says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see here that the Christian's attitude is supposed to be one that is negative toward the world. Secondly, You must not conform to this world. Are you listening? To conform is to be shaped in the fashion of it. Yes, you as a Christian ought to dress nice, wear the best, ride in the best, live in the best. But you sure don't have to dress like the world. Huh? I mean, there are some clothing that you can put on your body that will make the Lord proud of you. Amen? Amen. Then there are some that maybe would have him kind of scratch his head to wonder where in the world you came up with that. But to be conformed to the world, and especially, you know, brothers and sisters, when we come out of the world to the Lord, when I say out of the world, I mean from living like that and thinking like that, we ought to be able now to allow the Lord to change our whole way of thinking. You can't follow a newfound Savior with an old attitude. Are you listening? So we're going to have to shed off some things. Say shed off some things. Yeah. All right. You got to get out of them pedal pushes now. Them painted on kind. All right. And be not conformed. Say not conformed. Not conformed. In other words, don't be shaped in the image of this world. But be ye transformed. Say transformed. Transform. Your mind should, tra- should be transformed. You, 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 you know these little transformer toys look like a car then it's a man standing up when you get through messing around with it then he got a hat on his head you take the hat off it becomes the bumper on the car and all that stuff it changes so therefore our mind should not be molded into the fashion of this world we should stand against this world and the the way to stand against this world system is to stand where God wants you to stand and to stand where God wants you to stand is to stand in the right place which is to stand on the word say the word so when you're standing on the word of God, rightly divided, you're standing right where God wants you to stand. So don't be conformed to this world. Some of you probably are trying to please people. That's why you can't really see Jesus like you need to. You know, you, 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 you don't want to go to the party, but you go just to please people. You don't want to do this, but you do it just to please people. When are you going to stand up And not be conformed to this world, but transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Now, yeah, we are free to go anywhere we want to go. All things are lawful unto us, says the the Apostle Paul, but all things are not expedient. Some places we ought not to go. Not because we can't, because we, you know, we big, black, and grown enough to go anywhere we want to (laughs) go. And white enough to go anywhere we want to go. But because of our love for Jesus... And the transformation of our mind. We ought not to go certain places. Why? Because we don't want to give anyone the wrong impression and we don't want our good to be evil spoken of. And the word tells us that we are to abstain from every appearance of evil. So you can't sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound, out of one side of your mouth and get down homeboy, get down out of the other side. There need to be some standing on the word of God. It ain't good enough to stand to sing standing on the promises while you ain't doing nothing but sitting on the premises. There needs to be some standing on the word. So the Bible tells us, hey man, the mind you had before you came to Christ, get rid of it. Humble yourself like a little child and be willing to obey the voice of your heavenly father. So be not conformed. To this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind your mind is renewed day by day through the reading of the scripture through praying through confession of faith through meditating on the word through talking the word through receiving the word through standing on the word through quoting the word through living the word through obeying the word that's how your mind is transformed you see the reason that some people don't know the doctrine is because they are not obeying the word Jesus said, if you obey me, you'll know the doctrine. See, so the Lord wants us to participate in the knowledge that we receive of him by doing, not just sitting back, quoting. You need to quote and then do so then we're not to be conformed. Now, go to 1 Corinthians chapter seven and verse 31. Don't love the world. Don't be conformed to this world. And in 1 Corinthians 7, 31, is that what I said? 1 Corinthians 7 and 31, we're going to look at something else we shouldn't do toward this world. 1 Corinthians 7 and 31. And they that use this world as not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Are you listening? Now, we as justified believers in the Lord Jesus Christ should use this world, but don't abuse this world. See, in other words, yeah, go to the store and get a loaf of bread. Get on out there and get the Clorox too. Go and enjoy Disney World, fine. But don't abuse it. What does it mean to abuse it? Don't overuse it. Don't always have to be out there doing something, in, at, never at any time really, anything that's contrary to the word of God. Your whereabouts and where you go should be monitored. Use the world, but don't abuse the world. Don't overuse it. You know, some people everywhere, you can't tell who they are. They enter everything, they're doing Everything. And the majority of everything they're doing is anti-God. So yes, use this world. Go get your gas. Go, you know, go buy yourself something nice to put on your body. I mean, yes, use it, but don't abuse it. Don't overuse it. And and you can tell when people are overusing it because they're justified smoking cigarettes. They're justified drinking. They're justified all this other stuff that they should be getting rid of. They want to justify it they're overusing it. They're overdoing it. Are you listening? Some of y'all look real solemn, but I know the Holy Ghost got your attention. Amen? So to use it, but don't abuse it. Why? For the fashion of this world passes away. This world is passing away. I look at uh, something I detest. It's just in my spirit. I detest it. And that is... You know, I I realize that we are in this world and that we are pilgrim strangers and sojourners, but I detest them spraying all this stuff to kill the grass on the interstate. Now, that's just a personal thing to me. I think if it's summertime, we ought to see something pretty and green. Listen, allow me this moment. Yeah, the fashion of this world is passing away. They're spraying all this stuff. Even in the summertime, we got death all around us. I mean, to just kill the grass. And to show you how smart some people are not, they kill the grass. Then the rains come, cause the soil to erode. Then the road came in, cause there ain't no grass to hold the soil. So the only thing I'm saying is that, yeah, use this world. Cut your grass, line your sidewalks, all the whole nine yards. Y'all don't want things around to look nice and pleasant, but don't plan on staying here. Mm Hmm? Job ain't here today. We're passing on. But things ought to be nice wherever you are. Light up the corner where you are. You know, some people so holy, they think they don't even cut their yard. They don't even wash their car. They don't even do these mundane things. they too holy to, 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 to uh, cut the yard. Some people so holy, they don't even go to the beauty shop. And their hairstyle look like they messed around and stuck both fingers in the, in the electrical outlet. You ought to, as a Christian, realize that we represent the king. So yes, use the world, but don't abuse it. Amen. All right. There's another thing here. If your love for Jesus is not on the top shelf and number one priority, you may find yourself back out there in the world. Go to first Timothy, the fourth chapter. Don't love the world. Don't be conformed to the world and don't abuse this world. Don't overuse it. Because if you start overusing it, you're going to forget who called you and who saved you, and you're going to be back out there worse than what you were before you came to the Lord. In uh, 2 Timothy, I mean, pardon me, in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, we come upon a brother that walked with Paul, talked with Paul, but something happened here. In 2 Timothy 4 and 10, for Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Let me tell you something. If you love this present world system, you're gonna find yourself doing things that you know that are against the Lord. And after you would have done it so many times, it, I tell you, it's just like missing church. Start when you start, you know, it, it starts very small. And then you look up and say, Well, I won't go this Sunday either. Now two Sundays are passing.
0: Well, Saints, that was the end of Justified in God in Christ. Now, I want to play a second message by the late, great Bishop Fred A. Caldwell, Sr., entitled Life After Death. There is no such thing as soul sleeping, okay? Sit back and enjoy this truth.
1: Share the, uh, the word today, again, in the area of life and death. Life and death. We will start out in the... Uh, epistle to the Philippians Philippians chapter 1 is where we will take up today I uh, would that we would all uh, Pause again, take a moment, and let us pray together. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we praise you now for the power of your Holy Spirit, O oh God, and for the love of Jesus that is shared abroad in our hearts this day by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the precious shed blood of Jesus and for the saints gathered into this place today. And now, Lord, in Jesus' name, we pray that you would, through the power of the Holy Spirit, take the things of our Lord Jesus this day, magnify these truths out of your precious word, And feed thy church, O God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you have been getting anything out of the uh, Life and Death series? Okay. Praise the Lord. That's good. That's good. I heard something uh, said on the radio this morning. It was uh, thought for the day. And it said that these missionaries had got on board either the bus or the boat to go into uh, onto the mission field and uh, someone said to them don't you know that said to the missionaries say don't you know that you're gonna die over there and the missionaries looked at him and say "Sir, we died before we got started. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We had to die, you know, we had to die out to ourselves, you know. And then, you know, Jesus said, he that liveth and believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that uh, uh, liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So we died before we got started. That's why whatever we meet out there, you know, whatever we meet out there, no problem. Amen. Because the greater one, Christ Jesus, lives in us. Today we're going to take up again talking about life and death. Now, uh, we talked on Sunday morning about life after death. Life after death. That's now. Okay? So now we're flip-flopping back and we're going to continue talking about life and death. Okay? Which encompasses what happens to us after the Christian draws his last breath. Now, I got some more Bible proof for you, so I'm going to share that with you today. But we're going to uh, take up where we left off last time. In Philippians chapter 1, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21 through 23, let us read those together, please. Let's read. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh... This is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I know not, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Okay, now, it has been said and said again and again that when Christian people die or go to sleep or leave this world, that uh, they don't know where they go, okay? Like uh, when you're dead, you're dead. That's the doctrine uh, known as soul sleep. Soul sleep. Say soul sleep. soul sleep. Which is to say that when you're dead, you're dead. You cease to exist. Your soul ceases to exist. You're no longer uh, in existence. I mean, you you're just dead, just like a a dog out there that. A car run over, you know, and and five old four legs sticking up in the air, you know, and the car going down the road. That's what they're saying about man, that when you're dead, you're dead. You see? But the Bible, the wonderful, infallible word of God, does not say that. It does not even intimate that. It doesn't even infer that that is what has happened. I submit to you that this doctrine, this damnable doctrine of soul sleep, is causing a whole lot of people to miss the boat. Right. If we cease to exist after we leave this planet, then let's all go party. What you say? What the heck? I mean let's if if there's no accountability after this life, let's just put these Bible down and go party. But it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that the judgment It is life after death Now The reason I know that it's life after death Is because Jesus Christ lives in me Amen, Amen. Amen. And he lives in those Of you that have received him As your savior Now my question is this Is he alive beyond the de- beyond the grave is he, li- is he alive today Sure Well he lives beyond Calvary beyond Joseph's tomb Amen. so if it ain't no life after death then what's Jesus doing to lie? Chew on that for a minute. If there's no life after death then what is Jesus doing to lie? See out of one side of, of uh, people's mouth they say he died he rose again then they turn right around and say ain't no life after death. To me, that sounds confusing and contradictory. So the Apostle Paul says in the 21st verse of Philippians 1, For to me to live is Christ and to die is more of Christ. (laughs) Amen. Amen. That gain, there's more of the same. So whether I live in this life with Jesus or whether I draw my last breath, I'm going to be with Jesus. Amen. So for me to live is Christ. He didn't say diamond rings and pretty things. He said, my life is in Christ and Christ is my life and I live in him. I move in him. Amen. So for me to live is Christ and to die is more of the same. So whether I'm in this tabernacle or I leave this body behind, I'm still gaining something. So now listen, that's a, no, that's a no-lose situation. I say that is a no-lose situation. You live here on terra firma, mother earth, with Christ. Then you draw your last breath and you go to be with Christ. Friend, you can't lose. Amen, you can't lose. So for me to live is Christ and to die is more of Christ. So whether I live or die, I'm his. So when I die, I draw my last breath or fall on sleep. I'm not just like a dog that that ceased to exist. Amen. And we proved that the last time. Now I want you to hasten so we can break some new ground this time. I want you to go to... uh, uh, Where were we the last time? Let me see here. Uh, 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. And the 6th through the 8th verse. 2 Corinthians, the 5th chapter. To show you that there is no stopover point between the time the child of God die or go to sleep here. There is no break point between him drawing his last breath and him being with Jesus. It is just like stepping out of this room into the next room. See? it, it, it is Now let me say it again because some of you missed it. The Holy Ghost shot that back through me. Through my mind so fast until it almost made me stagger a minute ago. Now listen, it is just like stepping out of one room into the next. Now you're a man in it, but I want you to know what you're a man in it now, huh? And again, it's just like it's just like stepping out of one room into the next. You do not cease to exist because Christ is life, and life can't die. Hello. Okay, now it's just like stepping out of one room into the next, is that right? Didn't David say, there's but a step between me and death? Didn't he say it? Some of y'all still sleep. It's just a step, I mean you step out of this life right into eternal life. You have eternal life because you have trusted Jesus, you just step into the realm of the spirit out of the physical. Now granted as a child of God when death catches you on this side of uh, of this side of the grave or this side of the rapture when death catches you then they bury the body but you are asleep in him. For to me to live is Christ and to die is more of Christ. To die is gain. Okay in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 Therefore we are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body we are absent from the Lord this body is our home this is our house they used to sing a song uh, I went to the house where I used to live and the grass has grown up and covered the door and I asked somebody next door whatever and they say whoever you seeking doesn't live here anymore they are somewhere around God's throne well, they don't sing songs like that anymore. You have to figure out whether they rock or roll, Amen. But you know, I, 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 you know, they're somewhere around God's throne. They, they don't live here anymore. See, now, 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 to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, these, these houses that we live in, these tabernacles, are made of dust. But we are spirit who have a soul and live in these bodies. You see? So while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. See, this body is made for this earth. That's why it's buried here. It goes right back to the dirt. You see? But that ain't you. I don't don't ever think that that's you. Because that is not you. That's your house. Paul said we're at home. This is our address while we are here. Are you listening? Okay, now listen. Therefore, we're always confident. Confident. Not guessing. Not all spaced out. Not confused. we confident. Say confident. That means to be sure enough, sure. We're always sure enough, sure. Knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be. Now, this is where he got his rivals in there. Same thing we just saw in uh, Philippians 1, 21 through 23. And in the 24th verse of Philippians 1, it says, nevertheless, it is needful that I abide here what stay here in this body on this earth to teach you the things of God okay now listen wherefore we, uh, we, are, we are confident I say verse 8 and willing rather that was his rather to be absent from the body see what he was really saying right here is that I really would rather go home now if I had my rather I would really rather go home I really rather go home willing absent to be Willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. See, you see, so Paul is saying here that to be absent from is to be present with. You don't cease to exist. To be absent from is to be present with. Now he knew that. Now you know it. Now you need to be confident in the knowledge of knowing that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I many you can see that? All right. Now, you were not redeemed with corruptible things. Uh, how much of you? Well, let's define you. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1 Thessalonians, the 5th chapter and the 23rd verse. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved how blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. See that 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. Now listen, I pray God your whole spirit. That's what you are. You are a spirit. Didn't Jesus say to Nicodemus in John 3 that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit? So he didn't say that which is born of soul. He said that which is born of spirit. What is born of spirit? Your human spirit because you're a spirit. You see? So your spirit, soul, and body that's what you are. Man is made in the image of God. God is a spirit. So when you receive Jesus as your Savior, your human spirit was born again by the Holy Spirit. Because that which is born of spirit is spirit. Is that right? Amen. Amen. Is that right? Okay, so that which is born of spirit is spirit. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. And that which is born of flesh is what? Flesh. Okay, now, the question that I need to ask you is this. How much of you have been redeemed since you are spirit, soul, and body? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, how much of you has been redeemed? Don't everybody speak at once. Amen. How much of you has been redeemed? Your spirit, okay. What else? okay all of you your spirit your soul and your body amen has been redeemed the whole thing but listen part of you will have to be left behind even though it belongs to the Lord now the part that you leave behind is the part that goes back. See, God doesn't have no debts. God pay his debts. So the earth will have to get back what belonged to it. So when we think when we think about redemption, yes, it's been paid for. Your spiritual soul and your body has been paid for, but your body has not been picked up. Your body has not been picked up. That's why they scattered all out through these graveyards. They've been redeemed but they have not been picked up. Are we together? They've been redeemed but they have not been picked up. Some of y'all are still waking up so let me say it again. They have been redeemed but they have not been picked up. But see, when you draw your last breath, the spirit, which is you, go back to God who made you. But your body will have to lay in mother's earth until it's redeemed. It's been paid for, but it has not been picked up. So it have to go back to the dust. So at the rapture, when Jesus comes to raise the church, then the body is redeemed. Or it's picked up. Huh? It's just like uh well, you know what I'm talking about. It's just like you go into Dillard's and you pay uh, on a particular item and uh you pay on it and you pay on it, you may buy the thing and leave it there for someone else to come and pick it up. For instance, have you ever went into uh, Silver Brothers or whatever and purchased a gift certificate and carried that certificate and gave it to whomever you wanted to have it? All the person with the gift certificate had to do was to go back to the store from which the certificate came and pick up whatever it is that they want. Is that right? Well, see, this, this, this works the same way. This works the same way. Jesus redeemed all of us, spirit, soul, and body, but until the entire rapture of the church and the resurrection, it's been paid for, but we have to leave it behind until the king comes back to get it. You see it? Okay, now let me show you in Romans 8 and 23. In Romans 8 and 23. And not only they, but ourselves also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. That's talking about the, the pain that these old bodies will endure until they are redeemed, until these bodies are, are changed. Are we together? So we, Paul say, uh, even we ourselves groan within ourselves. pain started to darting through that head. Mm. Satan shoot a dart in that back. Oh, we groan within ourselves. But now listen. Waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our body. So when you draw your last breath, you have to leave your encasement behind. You have to leave your house behind. It will be picked up later. But you've gone home. Because the body inside this body, the body inside is the inner man. He's made for another sphere, another dimension. He is a spirit man who has gone back to God who himself is spirit. So there's a body inside of this one that's made for another terrain, another territory, another galaxy as it were. But this body is made for terra firma, it's made for Mother's Earth. So, if I would draw my last breath right now, I don't cease to exist. I go immediately to be with Jesus. And then this body goes back to the ground to be picked up when Jesus come to pick everybody else up. He is God's great picker-upper. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Alright now. So we see then the redemption of our body is an awaiting situation. We are awaiting the redemption of our bodies which one day will be picked up. Okay, now listen, Uh, go to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, so that having that understanding, you could better understand the 15th chapter, which is called the resurrection chapter in the Bible. Go to the 15th chapter and... Let's take up with the, uh, the 51st verse. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Amen. Changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised. That's the redemption of the body. That is the redemption of the body. See, and what, 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 what these uh, people that teach soul sleep says... Is that that is actually you asleep in the grave? No, 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 no. That is your body. Amen. Amen. You remember now, you remember now, we're awaiting the redemption of the body. The body, the dead, shall be raised. That's talking about dead bodies.
0: Well, Saints, that's the end of that particular message. Life after death, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our physical bodies stay back here and is buried and it returns to the earth. But our born again spirits go on to be with the Lord and we cannot atone for our own sins. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. So there is no purgatory. Okay, we are declared righteous in God through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, saints. So until next time, saints, I want you to live Christ. Love people. Take up your cross. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase R, capital C, lowercase a m. A-L-E, capital to D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now, until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.